Lingua Britannica is a podcast that uses ethnographic interviews to study language use in the extreme metal community. We are studying a music scene known for its love of themes and topics generally considered offensive, and it is likely that some episodes will touch on topics or opinions some listeners may find tasteless or ethically problematic. Ethnographic researchers aim to adopt the interviewee's point of view so that we can draw out and study the attitudes, beliefs, and practices that are important to them. We want to make it clear that in presenting these conversations here, we do not endorse any of their content. Our aim is to explore the thought processes behind language use in this long-running international and yet understudied scene. Welcome back to Linga Brutalica with me, Jess Crook, and my co-host, Wes Robertson. Hello. With us today is Simon Barr of Dawn Raid. Hi, Simon. Hey, how's it going? Good, good. <laughs> good. Thanks for chatting to us. Um, so, uh, starting out as we generally do, um, could you give us a quick description of Dawn Raid's music for uh, the unfamiliar listener? Uh, yeah, uh, we are Dawn Raid from, from the UK, from the north of the UK. Uh, we are a black metal band. Uh, we have some folk elements as well uh, and some sort of dungeon synthy sort of elements. Um, so we draw from some folk metal and sort of some of fantasy black metal a little bit. Uh, but we are primarily known for being like very vocally anarchist and anti-fascist and all our songs are very political. Um, so that's, I guess really see what we're known for mm. um, well yeah. you mentioned um drawing on some black metal elements um but when we looked on encyclopedia metallum uh, they've actually categorized you as a black metal band is that um something that you uh kind of agree with or, or do you think that's kind of like misrepresented yeah misrepresentation surrounding fluff right not like folk black metal just straight up black yeah metal. Uh, no, no adjectives yeah, yeah I, I don't know I, we used to just be like I think our first two records in EP were just like straight up black metal, um, kind of influenced by the second wave. Um, but I, I this like this our newest record I think is I think it's a little bit harder to to categorize. I think, I think there's a lot of new influences on there, lots of things um, from outside of black metal. Um, so I'm kind of a bit a bit more loose with the genre definition now. Um, uh, a lot of like we. We get a lot of pushback for who we are uh, from the far right, um, and one thing that is sort of levied against us is that we're not a true black metal band, or we don't somehow do it properly, which I just really, really don't care about. Like we play the music that we play, <laughs> I think is good and I enjoy, and you can call it anything you fucking want. I don't give a fuck. Um, so yeah, we I, I think we're a, a black metal band with some sort of folk and folk, folk influence as well, and some crust influences, um, but. Uh, yeah, call it whatever you want. I guess it doesn't inter- interest us that much. <laughs> so you mentioned, you know, crust, uh, black metal, folk metal, etc. Um, when you were first getting into metal, did you start with black metal? Like, how did you get into the genre that you currently uh, play? Yeah, I, I I grew up on listening to punk, um, and I I started playing in like screamo and hardcore bands, um, 
which I, I don't know if it's the same for you guys, but especially in Europe, that, that stuff is huge in like squat culture and like, and like social centers and stuff. Um, so very quickly, yeah, I got into the, the harsher end of like punk and screamo, um, which just naturally like fused with with um, radical politics as well. Um, to me, like the, the, the harsher side of screamo, like there's an overlap with black metal there, I think anyway, it's like tremolo guitar, blast beats, like it's all screamed vocals. So it kind of felt like a natural progression that like in my early 20s, I started getting quite heavily into, into black metal, some of the more like depressing side of it. Um, so yeah, I, I, I got into metal primarily through, um, through through listening to black metal, actually. And the, the only metal I really like is like extreme metal, I think. So black metal, death metal, and some doom, I suppose. I, I don't it's think I've ever heard of a, a screamo to black metal pipeline before. <laughs> yeah well i don't know maybe i've pioneered the pipeline i don't know i think it's i think it's more it, i mean in the world i live in it sort of seems there seems to be an overlap but i guess everyone lives in their own little bubble don't they? but uh so yeah my understanding of it is it's all quite extreme quite niche quite lo-fi music so it, it kind of made sense to me but mm. i don't know so did you pay attention to like the lyrics of the black metal when you were getting into it like when did you start do you develop a conception of like what makes extreme metal lyrics kind of particular to the genre? Uh, I must say, l- lyrics is probably the I I don't I I rarely pay that much attention to lyrics in black metal. I think a lot of the time because it's it has this very reverby, very far away, um, sort of washed out aesthetic. Um, I find that a, a lot of black black metal the lyrics aren't the thing that jump out at me that much, mm. which is probably why. It's quite easy to get into this genre and find yourself listening to right-wing bands uh, either inadvertently or maybe you just find it easier to kind of switch off the, the, the knowledge of that. Um, yeah, I, I think that's why it's a genre that's, that's managed to sort of hide its fairly objectionable politics for, for such a long time because it's, it is buried beneath the surface for most, most bands, I think. So I must say, l- lyrically, um, yeah, l- the lyrics are probably the last priority for me in black metal, even though words and poetry and lyrics are some of the most important things to me in music, weirdly. But. Hmm. Hmm. Well, how did this kind of like uh, kind of complicated history to like speak a bit more euphemistically of like black metal um, kind of affect your conceptualization of like what made like, you know, black metal music and black metal lyrics? Um, sorry, repeat, repeat that question again, sorry. Sorry, I should formulate it in a different way. Um, yeah. Like, um, what is it about like uh, your experience uh, kind of coming to recognize uh, the kind of complex history of black metal music uh, and lyricism um, that uh, influenced your understanding of, you know, what makes for recognizably kind of black metal lyrics um, and yeah. I suppose associated musical style. I think, yeah. So I, I got into black, the first black metal bands I was getting into things like, um, like the first couple of Wars in the Throne Room albums, uh, really said, Woods of Desolation, are they, are they an Australian band? I think so. Uh, yeah, there's sort of that sort of like atmospheric, quite depressing sort of stuff, which is like, I guess, just about being miserable and nature and yeah, kind of like light fantasy sort of things. Um, I also got really into like summoning, which I guess is just all about Lord of the Rings. Um, so it all, yeah, that it all sort of, um, I don't know, it all, all sort of made sense. Uh, that it, that was connected to loads of other types of music that I liked already. I suppose I, was, I kind of like sad music. Um, and 
yeah, the the um, fascination with like n- nature and escapism, um, I, f- I found really exciting. And it, while I wasn't naive to the uh, some of the, the problems in this in this genre, I it wasn't something I just I crashed into straight away. Um, and for for me, the, like black metal is yeah, it's things about nature and forests and magic and um, and general escapism, and that, that, that's what I really like. Is that it? it it's it entirely separates you from the sort of the super real and the these sort of like you know, the more banal sides of life, I guess. Um, yeah, that, that's my understanding. Is escapism, I guess. It's I mean, really interesting you say that though, just because um you know one of the things that we were going to ask you about is actually a line um from your song Wildfire. Um, which yeah. reads, uh, there is nothing in these uh, songs of which to be ashamed. Everything we sing about, I would just as plainly say, um, which seems to take a pretty kind of uh, clear stance on, you know, like regarding that debate, um, you know, on you know the yeah. extent to which metal lyrics um, should reflect the actual beliefs and views of lyricists or if they are just escapist fantasy. And this seems to be kind of, if we're interpreting it correctly, suggesting that, you know, there should be a kind of more um, direct reflection of uh, the lyricist's actual views, um, you know, values um, and beliefs in um, um, in lyrics than would typically be the case in a lot of kind of like more uh, fantasy style um, lyrics that you just um, speaking about. So, yeah, can you kind of explain um, the relationship between these two kind of points of view? Yeah, uh, yeah, and I, I, I'm, I'm very aware of that contradiction. Um, uh, our, our first record, uh, we, did, we did an EP and like half the songs are just sort of about my personal life and they're like, it's about like... Yeah, very emotional songs, uh, and then we had a, a couple of political songs on there. Um, and we, we, I, I used to be in a, a screamer band, which um, was we were quite big and sort of well, we played in this sort of anarcho crust squat sort of scene with the UK and Europe. And that was kind of like our home. That's where all our friends were and still are. Um, and that, that band came to a natural natural end, and we. Decided we wanted to start a black metal band, um, but because of black metal's reputation, especially in Europe and especially in Germany, um, we would play shows and people wouldn't put black metal on the fly. They would just put they would put a different genre. They put they were a screamer band or like a hardcore band or something, um, because people were so concerned about the direct link between black metal and fascism. And our our first record is like politically a little bit ambiguous. There's political songs in there, but the artwork and everything else wasn't like we weren't sort of beating people over the head with it in the way we are now. Um, it was all like it was a, it was a bit more like ambiguous and sad and like more more true black black metal, I suppose. Um, we we just got a massive pushback from the right wing when people got onto the fact that we were anti-fascists. We we did put up a picture uh, with an anti-fascist action flag because we we had to make it clear who we were that we were very much against. Um, authoritarianism against the right wing against fascism if we wanted to continue existing in the community that we were that we were a part of um, so we had to make that quite clear and in doing so that definitely alerted it sort of a, grabbed the attention of the far right and we started to get a lot of shit for it a lot of death threats uh, a lot of trolling like yeah a, a lot of shit actually and um we just decided at that point okay fuck this like this is a bigger problem than I realized this isn't something we can just sort of like coexist with and maybe we sing about our ideas and you sing about yours and we can all just sort of pretend this isn't happening 
Um, we decided to, to really double down on, on the politics. And I, I just made a conscious decision. Okay, every song we write from now will be, will be political and we mm. like we will just be the anti-fascist band. Like, fuck this. Like, um, kind of step up to the fight a, a, a little bit. Um, so all of a sudden, Dawn Raid became very, very literal, actually, um, in its lyrical topics, talking about very, very current, gritty, sometimes a bit dry, like real world things. Um, I guess that's been the challenge is, is the, to try to try and inject some sort of more poetic or interesting metaphors in there or to, to frame things in in ways that are befitting of the genre. But yeah, it's, it, we have come down an odd path, my understanding of, of black metal. Um, yeah, it doesn't marry up always to what Dawn Raid is. And that's that's maybe part of the reason we're not too concerned with with the genre tag because um I think it's I just I think these things are really important to say. And if they are antithetical to to black metal, well so be it. Like the, you know. so yeah. I realise there's a contradiction there, but I hope that sort of roughly explains why. But I mean, quite early on, even um I you mentioned that you've quite enjoyed the kind of escapism. Uh, you know, the nature stuff. Uh, when we were looking at your lyrics, even your first album, I wouldn't say there's too much like, you know, windy landscape kind of things. Is there a reason you avoided that even before you went, uh, you know, on the journey you've told yeah. us uh, early on, despite being someone who kind of likes that type of lyrical um, uh, I, I just, I live in like a pretty gritty Northern English city. <laughs> uh, I work in construction. Uh uh, yeah, that, that I kind of just like tried to sincerely sing about the about the things that were that are relevant to my life and that I, that I see around me. Um, I I think maybe musically we tried tried to sort of um, uh, copy some of that, that 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 stuff. But yeah, ultimately this is this is who I am. Like we 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 could have picked like a series of fantasy books to write about, I guess, or um, or I could have maybe slightly more disingenuously presented my life as being something slightly different than what it was, but um yeah it's just just a sincere and honest reflection um of what our lives are i suppose um and i don't know how conscious a choice that was necessarily but yeah i, I probably wouldn't have felt comfortable writing about things that were a little bit disingenuous i guess and other people do much better than me like panopticon yeah austin lives in the woods and runs a brewery and like i i can't present that life like i don't have that so <laughs> Um, yeah, I guess it was meant to be just a, a sincere reflection of, of who we are, I guess, but through the lens of, of Black Metal. Well, perhaps putting like your lyrics kind of aside um, and other bands that kind of have exceptions to the sort of tropes you're talking about, if you took Black Metal lyrics and placed them with no music against uh, lyrics from another genre that talks about escapism or fantasy, do you think you could tell the two apart based on like how they approach it or the words and phrases they use? Um... I guess like there's like a, there's definitely like um, a gray area be between like parts of like more epic black metal and like like power metal I suppose sometimes and um, so like it's like sort of like neighboring genres I suppose like you you could you could quite easily be mistaken things like Blind Guardian I guess like are all about Lord of the Rings but a, like a power metal band um, I'm trying to think of genres with escapist lyrics. Um, I guess there, there has to be like there has to be a focus on things being quite dark and like mm -hmm. some sort of sense of like of evil or things being a little bit depressing, um, because I suppose that that is the the black metal aesthetic. I suppose it's 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 uh, yeah exploring that evil and darkness. I guess. 
Hmm. So yeah, I, 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 I guess lyrically, maybe you could tell because things are a little bit more, a bit more dark and miserable. But I have read a lot of black black metal lyrics, and there's a a lot of people writing lyrics out there that maybe are not, not the most poetic. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Uh, when you're writing your own lyrics, though, do you ever feel like, "Ooh, I need to make this a little, a little darker, a little more evil sounding"? Is that? Uh, yeah, I guess. Um, I guess I try and I try and present these things through a bit of a a bit of a lens of a black metal. Like we try and use like some like like metaphors that are appropriate um, uh, for the genre and stuff. Like like. Um, but I, I think the things we sing about, I, I think the things we sing about are so fucking horrendous that um, I don't know. I don't know how much more, I don't know how much worse you can make it sound. Like when people, when when children are washing up on beaches uh, of, of of Europe who've tried to flee conflict in the Middle East, like try as I might, there's not much spin I can put on that to make that any worse. Like that, th- these are like, I think these are, and these are, it's almost like that the ontological argument for God, isn't it? It's like these things are are more evil because they're real. Um, you, you you could sing about the most horrendous, terrifying, uh, awful dragon in a castle ripping every to bit everybody to bits and blasting the world into flames. But but ultimately, the things we're singing about are real, and just by that in itself, even though these things are quite weirdly mundane and and bureaucratic and banal, they are ultimately so much more evil because they're real. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, I fucking hell, I don't know what what can you say about climate change which would make it worse. <laughs> Fair point. I never owned. Yeah, yeah. I never <laughs> considered that way, but yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, well, we did want to talk um, more about your kind of lyrical approach. Um, so just in kind of like leading up to that, can you tell us anything about um, you know your lyric writing process? Um, I, 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 I find I have to read a lot to get my self into the right sort of frame of mind, um, to be able to write. So I, I don't know if this is, I don't know if this affects it or not, but I, I work in construction, um, and I'm sort of involved in sort of like very logical, physical, tactile problem solving all the time. Um, and I work for myself, so I, I could just, I could just work forever. So I, I have to really put aside a time, put time aside to, um, to get into the right frame of mind and 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 to be thinking in a certain way and to be focused and um, and not have all these all the exterior stresses we all we all have of life, I have to really put time aside to try try and really hone in on what I'm trying to do, because, which is something that's quite different to my day to day life. So it's not a frame of mind I would just naturally find myself in Monday to Friday. So I find I, I have spent a lot of time reading. I, I read a lot of poetry. Um, I read stuff like. John Burnside, um, like T.S. Eliot, um, uh, Sharon Olds, things like that. I, I, so I try and read to read a lot of poetry. Um, and if I spend enough time, I spend enough time sort of reading in the week, and I have something sort of quite pressing that I, I, I want to try and talk about, I guess a, a song will a song will come out. And I'm not the most um, I'm not the most practiced writer, so I just find I'll if I if I read enough and fill my head with with poetry and sort of a beautiful language and eventually something will come out and sometimes things just sort of hit me on a walk into town and I've quickly tried to write something down on my phone or uh, on a scrap of paper so I don't have the most organized and the most professional approach to it but I think if I if I read enough and fill my head with sort of quite beautiful and poetic things 
I try and do a good job of copying it, I suppose, would be my process. Okay. So it, it's there's times where you sit down and kind of try to pound it out. There's also times where it's just kind of things popping in your head as you walk around. I think so, yeah. And I don't know how other people do, but I, I yeah, like lo, lo, little interesting lines that come to me, which I'll, I'll just keep a record of loads of little interesting lines, which I don't know. They'd be the more black metal sort of metaphors like could pop into my head. Oh, you could compare some, such and such to uh, yeah, like various natural metaphors or whatever. Um, or, or come to me, so I'll try and keep a list of like quite interesting lines I could use and then sort of try and then build a poem around that as that was a central metaphor for something else, something political. Um, I've done, I have done a writing retreat one time like last, last summer. Um, a couple of us went and stayed in like, like a, this old repurposed chapel in Wales. I had a week of just like reading and playing music and, and walking. And it was like, that was phenomenal. I, I think I wrote one of the lyrics I'm most, set lyrics I'm most proud of. But I think it was just because I had, I had the time. Um, There's no distractions. We didn't really have the internet. I could just I could just fully focus and just fully apply my brain to this this one task, but yeah, I, I find working full time is so hard to make to make that time. Um, <laughs> I'm sure you guys find that, but yeah, I, I really have to put the effort into to really set that time aside, and, and that's the one thing that holds me back from writing more. I guess. No, I can sympathize with that. Yeah, working, working full time <laughs> tends to uh, yeah. limit yeah. the time we have for creativity. Yeah. Well, moving into kind of your actual lyrics then, um, we've talked about this briefly already a little bit, but to kind of more focus in on it, um, your themes uh, are, are quite particular for uh, black metal, as you know, as you kind of mentioned, uh, outside of both the uh, kind of nature or just dark stories and also, you know, the the uh, problematic content that has come out of the genre. Uh, with, you know, Encyclopedia Metallimus, Class Struggle, Revolution, Anarchism, Anti-Fascism, Themes, Quarterly Releases. And we've spoken with bands that have um, similar themes like Terminal Nation or Misery Index, but they're in kind of the thrash, grind, hardcore spaces, which, uh, you know, kind of have that sort of history going all the way back to Napalm Death. Um, mm. But we haven't seen these really in black metal, maybe a little bit when we talk to Panopticon, but, you know, they're quite something that, that doesn't, you know, black metal tends to present itself, obviously, sometimes not really, but present itself as apolitical. Um, yeah. How do these themes for you operate in the black metal space? Like when you when you chose black metal as your vehicle, you mentioned that part of it was that response, but just even before there was a, a backlash that you responded to, did you feel any kind of hesitation to be like, a, a political black metal band or, or producing political content in the black metal genre instead of say thrash grindcore etc um no i probably just out of naivety um i am and this is just like a, a type of music i just sincerely really like um and these are the things i've always written about in bands so like this i guess this is just what happens when i try and play black metal um and maybe i i hadn't sort of realized not as I'd realize how contentious or how controversial it would be to be the, to be political in this space. Um, but um, yeah, these, these are the things that I just, I sincerely think about a lot. And I, for me, nothing makes me cry more than like political songs. Like I, I, I that stuff like really touches me a, a lot. And, uh, and I, I find because politics is the business of everyday life, isn't it? And there's so many heartbreaking and amazing stories out there in radical traditions to me if you're going to play incredibly emotional music for me there's nothing more emotional to write about than that 
and these huge struggles that we're all undergoing, undergoing that are constantly breaking people's hearts. Um, so it, it kind of just made sense to me. I, maybe out of naivety, um, I hadn't realised actually how maybe a bigger deal it would be to do that. Um, but again, we also we also came from this crust scene where we've been playing with a lot of death metal bands who would also be singing about this stuff or, you know, especially touring the DIY scene and the squat scene, like every night you might have four bands and they all be different genres, but ultimately everyone's a radical. So I was just seeing lots of different people sing about these things in lots of different ways. And it just didn't seem like that big a deal to me. I was like, okay, well, this is the music I like. So this is, and these are the things I think. So I'm, I'm just going to sing about them. Um, and yeah, I guess we, we get asked about it a lot, but like there's like, I'm 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 never gonna outdo the, the, the classics. Like there's you know, we there's we don't need another summoning. There is summoning. We all, all the second wave bands like produce some like unbelievable like genre changing records that I I don't, I don't just want to be a copy of, of of someone else's idea. I guess I, I just tried to sincerely sing about the things I care about. And I didn't realize that was actually gonna be seen as such a big deal. Hmm. It's kind of interesting that you mentioned, like, sorry, this is just an off the dome question, but it's interesting that you kind of mentioned sincerity um, like quite a few times already. And the reason I, I'm kind of thinking about this um, or focusing in on, on that is because like a lot of um, research looking at like um, black metal as like a subculture and a music has um, talked about the importance of authenticity like in the genre. Uh, and it's really interesting to hear you talk about like the value of authenticity and sincerity, but in the context of that kind of motivating um, your you know, decision to write very political songs that are in otherwise, like, you know, otherwise very kind of contrasting with you know, typical kind of black metal consciousness and interests. Um, are you like kind of cognizant of that at all or? So this is fucking such an interesting topic, I think. Um, I, so um, Christian, whatever he's called, Vard Vickernis and Burzum, um, came from a pretty, pretty upper middle class family, lived hmm. in a big city, recorded in a really, really expensive studio, even though he, Intentionally went for a very lo-fi sound, recording in a very posh, expensive studio. Um, uh, is intentionally um, cryptic and dishonest about his political beliefs, and and con is, is constantly does that, kind of obfuscate the things he actually believes. Um, I, I don't, I struggle to find the sincerity in that. Um, Marduk mm. um, got caught. So an anti-fascist group released the sales records of a far-right organization and two members of Marduk got caught buying white supremacist literature online. Mm -hmm. That came out and they denied it and they said they hadn't done it and it was all a big mistake and there's a giant hoax to make them look bad, even though their credit card details and names and addresses were on these records. So they, they were proven mm -hmm. to have been buying white supremacist literature and they denied it. And they claim that their band is World War II themed only and they don't they aren't Nazis, even though they prove so they are. Yeah, obviously, um, yeah. <laughs> Inquisition claimed not to be Nazis and one of them was a fucking paedophile. Um, and they were both been proven to be members of the American National, National Socialist Movement. Like all these fucking bands talk about sincerity. They're all fucking mm. rich. They all live in fucking massive cities. They all record in really expensive studios and they are all dishonest about being fucking Nazis. Like I, mm. I blow my mind. Like, like mm. I don't, I don't want to like... 
I don't want to wax lyrical about how wonderful we are, but I honestly, <laughs> I would, I would challenge you to find a band more sincere than Dawn Raid. I think I, mm. um, I yeah, I, I find it, I find that thing about sincerity is such a pose. Like it's, it's so <laughs> interesting. Like like I like we said the our song in Wildfire, uh, our song Wildfire. Like uh, everything we say, I fully believe, and will back um, in any. In any situation, I will gladly be pulled up on it. I'll gladly be, gladly be questioned on all our politics. And if I'm ever wrong, which I, I'm sure I'm, I often am, if I'm ever wrong about things, I'm happy to change my opinion and retract things I've said and apologise. Because I, I sincerely believe these things to be true. Um, and I think if you, if you are sincere about your beliefs, you should stand by them. And that is something we find incredibly lacking in blackmail. So, yeah, quite ironically. It's yeah, a really so interesting point. Is, sorry, I just <laughs> is the, is No, the, no, that's great. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really, really interesting point. It's something that we've been thinking about ourselves. So is the cult yeah. is like is the KVLT, you know, cult kind of uh we are the true authentic evil thing? Is that I guess in your interpretation, is that sometimes then ironically like not authentic? Like that's sort of uh, I mean, uh, like a front? I mean, this genre is, is mental, isn't it? Like, it is stupid music. Like, we all, like, we like, <laughs> like dragons and evil and fucking stupid face paint and silly shaped guitars and, like, ridiculous artwork. And I, I love it. Like, I, I sincerely love it. And I, I, there's bands I love that I know I shouldn't listen to because they're right wing. And I can't, I can't help the emotional connection I think I have to some of those albums, even though I know I shouldn't. I, for all my bashing of this genre, I fucking love it. And I, want to save it from itself sometime maybe else i i, I want mm. to move away from the things that fucking detract from it um i i, I think like i think the, the the cult and the evil and the theater is like is awesome it's really exciting like it, it's fucking badass and you like like it, 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 you feel cold when you listen to immortal records you know like it's like it's, it's mm. exciting I, I love that shit um you just don't have to be like uh, you don't have to support the state. You don't have to support an authoritarian capitalist government to be into like bands that sing about castles. I, d- I don't. I don't see connection. Like, you don't have to be a fucking paedophile or a Nazi, as too many of these bands. Are. Yeah, you heard it here first. It's actually quite easy to not be a Nazi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah, Jesus. But yeah, I, 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 I sound like I'm bashing on it, and I'm constantly criticizing this show. And I'm not. I, I, I really love it, and I, I love the evil stuff. I love the, I love some of the really, really lo-fi, gross-sounding bands. We'll go the horrible vocals. Like I love all that stuff. It we don't need to use these songs mm. to attack minorities or marginalized people. There's no connection there. I mean, we've talked about this actually with some other artists, but it's always been so weird to me that um, you know, black metal, you that you actually have any um Nazis in it, given the fact that you're work kind of literally making deviant art. Yeah. It would be if if the politics that they supported, you know took over they wouldn't be allowed to you know they're not the uh they're not making the kind of uh art forms that were yeah Yeah. no that wouldn't go well yeah 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 absolutely yeah yeah it is mental yeah and also like the the sort of anti-christian thing which then came became to be sort of linked into like white christian far-right movements in the u.s as well and like um yeah the, the, the whole politics, the right wing politics of this scene just doesn't, yeah, doesn't make sense at all. Like, yeah, we, mm. it's like a lot of misfits and yeah, people that find current way of life objectionable and, w- and want something better and, w- and want to live a different, more imaginative, more interesting life. Like, 
and we have so much to gain from radical politics and so much to lose with authoritarian politics if that is truly our outlook on life like if we want a better more beautiful more interesting more creative like life mm. nazism doesn't offer any of that and yeah look at nazi germany look at look at what they did to culture and academia and and museums and art like we have nothing to gain from that stuff well it's, it's kind of interesting you mentioned um anti-christian themes then because i guess the one sort of theme in in your lyrics that does kind of fit a black metal um kind of trope in that way is that uh you do have a number of kind of uh, religious sort of references in in the two, 20, 000, sorry uh, 2017 album the unlawful assembly and 2019 behold the sedition uh, behold sedition plain song um you have uh emptiness beneath great emptiness which begins with all the wanting in the world won't bring your god to life like smoke and fog describes a bullet for the homophobic priests uh glibly they allot us status our longing for acceptance is weaponized against us and you have a number of religious references and title tracks like fire sermon and salvation right uh, and there's some song like wildfire that compare fascist denial of fascism to the denial of Peter, the apostle ashamed of your master of your prized gospel. Uh, given that you have kind of tossed a number of black metal tropes and themes out the window a little bit, uh, what motivated your engagement with religious as a, uh, sorry, religious topics as a theme? Um, does it have anything to do with the topics of religion in the scene itself? Or is this kind of just all with the political theme that, that came up earlier? Um, I think I think it it depends on each one. I I, I guess um, I I as a, when I was young, I did get a bit into this sort of the atheism stuff. Um, I quite quickly moved away from that when it became all about like attacking women and incredibly Islamophobic and stuff. But I I I was quite angry about religion when I was young for, for some actually like fairly concrete personal reasons. Um, to go into, but I I was very angry at religion for a long time. I, I still am a little bit. Um, I, I I think it's something is like worthy of criticism. I think like I think Christianity or mainstream Christianity is just fucking abhorrent. And um, and just as you think you've got over how angry you are about this, like another new fucking appalling thing happens, just to dredge it all back up again. So I I I, I am angry about religion, and I. Have a lot of hatred for the church, um, especially the sort of the, especially the power structures within religion. Um, so that's something we've we've talked about a lot, um, and I think like those things deserve criticism. Uh, I think we, uh, especially on our newest record, there's a few yeah, there's a few a few other like religious sort of references as well, um, because like you also grow up in whether you like it or not. I've grown up in a Christian country or yeah like there's the songs you sing at school and like these are the things you sort of learn about around you so it's this odd thing where I don't believe in any of these stories at all but they're all quite heavily embedded into my life and my childhood and you know just some of the metaphors we use in language are sort of based on them um so I find I find it quite interesting to sort of try like try and try and talk about those and play with those a little bit um so yeah wildfire is an attempt to compare um the far right to, to Christianity, I guess, um, which I, I just think is quite like, I don't know, I found that quite quite an amusing comparison. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's something I have a lot of anger about. Um, and I, there's almost a, there's almost a point of, um, a point of crossover between us and maybe some of the second wave bands until you realise, I think, to bring up this, this word again, like a lack of sincerity, 
from some of the, the anti-Christian movements in blackmail because they had no interest in criticizing the actual power structures of these religions. Like I have worked for worked for a guy recently who's Christian and he's a really sincerely nice dude. And I I find myself I, I, I find myself liking him despite him being a Christian. And we we talked a bit about politics and our, our understandings of the world. And I realized that we we both sort of see the world in a pretty similar way albeit through like a, a different lens or a different framework. Um, I think there's loads of good people involved in churches that do amazing work, especially I don't know what it's like in Australia, but in the UK, they, there, there are a lot of groups that feed the homeless and that offer, offer help to sex workers and um, English classes. And I'm sure those groups maybe be better if they didn't have the strings attached, but still there's a lot of people doing good work in, in Christianity. I have no problem with whoever you want to worship and whatever your beliefs are and i have no evidence to say that any of it's true it's not um you can view the world in any way you want as long as in doing so you don't use that to then as a stick to beat somebody else with and i think it is it's the power structures that i have a fucking problem with is is the businesses and the gangsters that run these churches that ruin our lives and ruin a lot of people's lives constantly still today that like are the issue and the second wave didn't grapple with that. They just turned crosses upside down and did things that they thought would be shocking in the press. And okay, I admit that they were teenagers, so I shouldn't go too hard on them. But but like the the anti-Christian stuff in in black metal is often so surface level, and it's just like it's just cheap shock tactics um, to gain attention in in, in the ta- tabloid press, um, which I think does that idea a disservice because there's so much to criticize it for. Um, but it's, it's the power structures that, that are the issue, um, not just the fucking, the beautiful buildings or some of the good people inside them, but it is the power structures. And yeah, I think that's what blackmail fails to grapple with. Hmm. Well, so it is interesting that, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, because it's interesting that you, like on the one hand, like you do engage in this kind of criticism of religion in your lyrics, uh, but you also yeah. do write lyrics that are critical of others' criticism of religion as well. Um, yeah. So like, for instance, like I thought of Blaze um, references a group of people, you know, they um, hiding um, hatred behind a criticism of religion. Um, yeah. And so how do you feel that these different kind of messages about religion work together within the context of your lyrics? Like, um, was it important to you to kind of create like a nuance in that conversation around religion regarding kind of like balancing valid criticism that you've just spoken about against like actual bigotry? Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think um, I think liberal capitalist democracy tries to sell us everything in really simple, easy to understand binary stories. Um, you have you have the good and you have the bad, depending on which side of the line you sit, um, and. I don't think it's yeah. I, maybe this follows on from what I was saying before, but I, I don't. I don't think you can just say religion good, like religion bad, scientific thought good, uh, I, I don't, because there's evils that have come from both both camps. Um, I, I think everything, everything in life is just really fucking complex and nuanced, um, and especially in the sort of late stage of capitalism we are now, where we have just generations and generations of evil that just complicated things so much. I think we have we have to be really careful how we talk about these things and we have to um yeah we have to be nuanced in the discussion of these things i come from a christian country and i was and that's 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 what i've grown up under and that's what i know about and i think that's what i understand well enough to be allowed 
to, to be able to criticise. Um, I'm sure there are all sorts of horrors that lurk in other religions as well. But I don't come from those communities, so it's not my place to talk about that. Uh, but I will talk about the problems in my community and the problems that I think I can maybe affect. Um, because you're not punching down. Uh, I, I think that's really important. It's really easy to be like, well, X religion does this, and this is how they treat their women and, and all these all these sorts of arguments. But maybe let's maybe let's clean our own house first before we before we start attack, attacking other people. So yeah, I, I think nuance is fucking a, a, absolutely crucial in all these things. Um, maybe that's why I keep coming back around to religion from different angles because it's yeah, it's not just as simple as religion bad, atheism good, or, or something. Um, because yeah, those really binary, simple arguments actually don't get us anywhere. Do you feel there's anything like black metal about the specific way you approach these discussions of religion? Like if Don Raid was a thrash metal band or a death metal band writing the same songs with the same things, would the tact be any different? I think if we were a thrash band, we'd maybe like talk about nuclear things more or drinking <laughs> beers more, but uh, I don't know. Um, I think is is I, beer not appropriate for black metal? You can't do a... Uh, well, I'm straight edge, so I didn't think about it at all. But uh, I, I don't know. Is, is beer is the beer a theme in black metal? I don't feel like partying or having a good time is a very black metal thing to do. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know uh, I, any. Um, I yeah, try and like like especially song titles wise, I try and sort of use things that sort of like give a bit of a a feel of the black metal aesthetic, like mm. you know, like, like you're saying, like things like. Like smoking to fog and um uh, uh yeah th th things like that um so i i do i do try and evoke a bit of a, a, a feeling of blackmail because it ultimately it, it, it is meant to be blackmail um and i get that's a line I'm, I'm constantly trying to tread and constantly trying to make it enough enough on each side of that the line so i, I artistically I, I want it to be a certain thing but um I really, really have doubled down on these politics and I really want to go hard with that as well. Mm -hmm. So I'm constantly trying to marry those two things up. And I, I don't know if I've, I don't know if I've got it right ever. Actually, I don't know. I, that, that's my constant battle is to try and write these things that sort of artistically and poetically uh, have, um, have a black metalness about them, an essence of black metal about them, but ultimately are about the topics that I want to sing about. Um, I also try and, do try and present these politics in a slightly different way to to other political bands like um uh Aus Rotten or Napalm Death or some of the more political bands like a very, very direct in, in their, their politics. Um so I, I I try to be a bit less direct in the things we say and maybe like a little bit more a little bit more introspective or slightly more poetic about things. Um but then I also am trying to pull back and also make sure that people fully understand what, what I'm saying. So yeah, I guess that's a line I'm constantly trying to tread, and I don't know if I've, I don't think I've perfected it yet. But it's something I'm constantly thinking about, I guess. Hmm. Well, like talking more about some of those, um, you know, themes and your lyrics that you know extend beyond those the sociopolitical. Um, we did see that like lyrics across like all of your three releases do, um, you know, 
feature those kind of typical black metal things that we talked about of like you know references to lands forests waters rivers trees and animals uh, mm. and it's interesting that quite often these motive like these motifs kind of appear in the context of destruction or loss um, so for example salvation right describes uh, the rivers turn to spite us by slowly feeding us poison the sea spits at us debris on, on which it's slowly choking one by one the beasts and creatures resigned uh, resignedly uh, turn to exit this plane which every second is less worth the fight of saving um so what is the role I thought that, like, that was sick. yeah it's yeah, a good sorry. one eh? <laughs> <laughs> well because i think this work is really kind of interesting and useful in highlighting um what we were kind of thinking of as the relationship between uh the nature motifs and the sociopolitical things that we were talking about earlier it seems like they kind of work together is that how you view it yeah i think so i, I think um it's just it's just the time we live in as well, isn't it? Like, you can, can you sing about the forest and not acknowledge that the, the very forest you're singing about and rely on and would like to escape into are being fucking cut down at this unbelievable rate to the point where we will all die? Like, I I, I don't know. I would struggle to write a song about the forest and, and not mention that, really. Um, um, hmm. And it, I, I, the, these politics, for me, are only important um, and only worth the fight of saving because this world is because this world and the people and the animals in it are so beautiful and so good like this it that is the reason for me to fight for these things and it's only because only for my love of the land i think or my love of human beings um and animals that i think this is actually worth bothering with because it, it's so easy to give up every day and it'd be so easy to be, be misanthropic It'd be so easy to kill yourself and it'd be so easy to just think fuck this this life is horrible and we have made a fucking nightmare for ourselves every day um and there's nothing i can do about it and everything sucks it'd be so easy to fall into that trap apart from the fact that if we did win like it would be so worth it like forests are so beautiful so so incredibly beautiful and the healing powers of nature are so profound and um, we have so much we can learn from animals and we have, there are so many beautiful people desperately trying to come to this country, fleeing a nightmare. Um, people are incredible. These, all these things are, are so good and therefore worth fighting for, I think. Um, so yeah, I, I just wouldn't really know how to mention all those things in the world without talking about how under threat they are, they are as well. Um, yeah. Well, within these kind of themes of, of nature that come across, uh, by far the most common image that we saw was lyrics about light and fire. Uh, so this yeah. is going to be a bit of a, a bit of a long list, but uh, bear with me. So you have on the first album, the song Fire Sermon. So uh, right off the bat, has lines, light the fires and gather the stones. The song Emptiness Beneath the Great Emptiness suggests we could happily burn the lot, uh, let the fires burn as a signal. And the album ends with a song called A Thought Ablaze. Then on the second album, you have The Smell of Ancient Dust, which mentions the cleansing power of the burning street. Uh, then Like Smoke into Fog has lines to the officers that didn't pull the trigger yet find the guilt uncomfortable, tear off and burn that uniform or become equally culpable. And You Untouched by the Violence, Blind to the Mighty Flames. Uh, a thousand fires ignite from this. Every cinder builds the furnace. Uh, and the next song, To All, To All, To All, states our star burns constantly with unbearable fire. And then there's also a song called Until the Forge Goes Cold. 
Then on the newest album, uh, you have the highest numbers of references to Firelight on all of the albums, uh, beginning with The Battle of Sudden Flame, details stories like this launch a thousand burning promises. Ancient Light describes we are ones of burning light. Then your third track is Inferno, uh, and the song Requital that follows states, for all the extinguished flames, we will launch fresh fire. If I'm going to burn, then you are going to burn. In the shadow of the past, you have the lives we were all promised were always out of reach, now ablaze, already ashes blowing at our feet. And Freedom in Retrograde opens with this body is only a host of the struggle's dancing flame. Your penultimate track is called Wildfire and has lines like run like rats through a sewer, like roaches from torchlight. And then the last song, Go as Free Companions, begins with here and there, the trees are firebrands, autumnal immolation. Does this sort of litany of, of fire references surprise you at all? Or were you aware of kind of your penchant for fire imagery? And building off that, why do you think you keep coming to discussions of flame and fire and ash and burning? Oh, my God. I'm feeling a bit cold out here. I didn't realize there were so fucking many things. Um, I think uh, I thought it's, it's um, like fire is this really powerful, neutral, but like terrifying force that's just uh, which I guess has underpinned our lives and civilization, I guess, but also like um, it's a big thing in like insurrectionary politics, I guess, like Molotovs and burning down factories and burning barricades in the street um all types of arson um but it's also like this it's like a super i i just think it's like this super timeless thing as well um and maybe it's, i don't know if it's me romanticizing history or whatever but it just it just feels like this this mega mega timeless image um that as long as humans have had any sort of organization to their lives i'm assuming there's probably been some sort of fire as a part of that um i think that's quite nice because it for me it takes it to it my probably my I think my hope is that maybe it pulls you out of the immediate banality and powerlessness we all feel under capitalism, where you have absolutely no control over the world around you at all. Like you don't um a machine provides the heat for your house and a machine helps you cook your food and like machine drives you to work and keeps you warm and I we have so little agency and control over our own lives, but fire is something you can control, isn't it? Like it is, it is this huge, crazy, very difficult, difficult to control force, um, like available to anybody and everybody. Um, yeah, so I, I think it's just like, yeah, this really, really powerful and beautiful thing to talk about that also has this mega timelessness to it, um, and just ties very neatly in. I suppose I maybe I feel <laughs> maybe I rely on it too much now. You've read all those out in one go, but uh, I uh, think it ties in quite nicely. Insurrectionary politics and uh, radical politics, direct action, with the um, more traditional themes of of black metal. I suppose you know, like bands like Watain and stuff use a lot of fire breathing and pyro and all this sort of stuff. Um, yeah, so I, like yeah, the, that is the answer. Yes. Yeah. You, mentioned earlier, you mentioned earlier though that you like um you like kind of how immortal and stuff like that makes you feel cold like when i when i think of black metal there's lots of themes of like winter and, and the freezing uh you don't seem to do that much at all though is that is there a reason you've avoided the opposite um yeah i don't know really i don't i don't know i i don't live in a particularly cold place uh, <laughs> i live in a, in a pretty mild like mediocre country uh so yeah, I guess it's just not really an experience I I have. Yeah, you know, I've never like done any of the 
cool winter sports like skiing or anything like that. Um, I, yeah, it's not not something I just have any real understanding of. Um, and it just isn't a part of my life, I guess. Um, was th- yeah, things like like fire, which I I do see in black metal a lot still. Like, it's, it's something I maybe have more understanding of. Does it come back to the that kind of question of authenticity then? Like, winter isn't authentic in a way for your perspective. Yeah, and it's not. Yeah, and not maybe the not as much of a conscious decision as as that sounds. But like, I, I haven't thought. Okay, I'm, I mustn't sing about this because it's not my lived experience. But more, well, I just yeah, I just genuinely try and write about things that are real to me, and um, subconsciously you end up falling into similar tropes, do you? Because you, my life is only so exciting. <laughs> uh, uh, I've written like fifty songs now or something. So yeah. Um, yeah, just, just just since it just generally just try and write about things that I know because if when you think when you write about the things that you know about, you're gonna write you're gonna that's when you're gonna be your best, aren't you? Like if, if you can write about things that you sincerely understand, I think. Well, this might lead in nicely to our next question, um, because something that we found in your lyrics that was relatively unusual for us uh, was occasional references to love um, that appeared about um, you know, one or two times per album, so on like one or two yeah. songs. Um, so, for example, um, Future Perfect Conditional um, includes uh, the lines to avoid love, to remain unheartbroken, uh, to leave a dream unchaste, uh, a constant yearning to be safe, to be loved, uh, and your love will never be meaningful. Uh, how can your heart ever be trusted? Uh, and then the song Island of Cannibal Horses ends with uh, there is nothing that fights harder than love. Um, the song A Stone's Throw asks, uh, tell me uh, what you know of love. I'll show you what we mean by hate. And then finally, uh, Go With Free Companions encourages uh, one to go for the love of going, uh, you the still unafraid of love. So we thought it was interesting to actually see like, you know, quite a lot of references to love in your lyrics relative to the lyrics that we typically consume uh, within this genre. Um, And yeah, when we've talked in the past um, about themes that are most difficult to integrate um, into metal lyrics, a lot of lyricists have suggested that love is probably the most kind of difficult um, kind of concept or idea to integrate into uh, metal lyrics, like, you know, across different subgenres. And I was just wondering, like, is this your experience? Like, did you find it difficult to integrate um, references to love in a genre that's well more well known for the opposite? Or is this just, again, part of like, you know, that lived experience that you said you bring to your lyric writing um a bit of both I think I I think because we are I think quite irreverent to what black metal actually is um and because we were told very early at the start we are not a real black metal band we never will be um we're doing it all wrong um and we'll never be accepted for being a real black metal band whatever that's left us with this just like incredible freedom to just be mm. To be whatever we want, and and um, I was definitely conscious of that at the start because it seemed we wanted to break into it, and we wanted to play metal fests, and we wanted to support big black metal bands, and and do all that cool stuff, and be taken seriously as a black metal band. And as soon as we told, like, well, the the overwhelming feedback we have is positive. Like, I um, I just want to state that that we're not in a band that everybody hates. I hope, um, but a lot of the, the negative feedback we got was that you you're doing this wrong, um. That gives us this incredible freedom to just sing about anything we want. And because the people that didn't like it were so angry already, well, what does it matter? Like, I, I, I just get to sing about the things that I truly believe in and, and mean a lot to me. And um, so that, that that's why maybe other bands don't sing about it and, and we do that. That probably be the difference. I just don't really feel very constrained by 
by those genre themes anymore. Um, beyond my actual just love of the genre, um, but also my the, these politics for me, like I, I are are about love, like that that that's what all this is for. I think I think that's what the fight is for. Um, it it's so easy to see these politics as like as really dry, and maybe there's like. There's the more sort of Marxist groups that will try and have you paying a subscription to join a party and you have to go to X amount of meetings and it can all become very bureaucratic. I have no interest in that stuff and I'm not going to criticise it, but that's just not the things I believe and the things I'm interested in. Anarchism for me is about freedom and it is about love and it's about those two things to their most sincere possible extreme. Um, is Like I was saying before, it's, it's only because people are so good and beautiful that they are worth fighting for. Um, and it's only because I think I have experienced love in this world and of lots of different types of people and been lucky enough to go, especially mostly with this band, go around the world and meet different types of people and see different landscapes and see what the world looks like in different places. Um, that you realize fucking how good the world is and like and how important love is. And it is our main, should be our main driver in everything all the time. Um, yeah, what is more important than love? Like, if we're if it's if we're not doing this for love, then what the fuck are we doing it for? Um, because if you don't have that, whether you can just be misanthropic and incredibly selfish and incredibly destructive and do what the fuck you want, I guess. Um, but yeah, love motivates you to work for and fight for and cooperate with other people, which is just like the most beautiful thing ever. I think so. You mentioned pushback from the like political um, bands in the in the black metal scene, but were some people pushing back just for the idea that you were talking about you know love or or not being brutal you know or, or cult enough as well? Um, I, th- I don't think the the people that hate us don't listen to us closely enough to really know what this band is. I think they just <laughs> see, like they just see like the band the word antifa antifa attached to it. Um, and we did our most recent video. We I kind of went out of my way to put. We have like people holding up signs saying like support anti-fascism, support trans rights, things that I knew would be contentious but also important to be like to be provocative and try and get a, re- a reaction out of the, the right wing, which is which has worked. Um, um, so I think I think that our detractors just see like Antifa and they see like the Black Bloc and lefties and and they just see that and hate and hate us for it. Um, and they have like a pretty surface level understanding of what this band is and. Um, so I don't, I don't think they get as far as themes like love or like the clever ways I've tried to criticize them with metaphors around Christianity. I don't think they get to that. I think they just see Antifa and call us homophobic things. Um, I wish they would fucking read the lyrics and have a more detailed understanding of what I'm talking about, but I don't think they do. Or maybe if they did, then they probably wouldn't be who they are, right? (laughs) Well, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So does this kind of, um, uh, you mentioned provocation, like intentional provocation, or does this kind of lead into a theme that we, we noticed across your albums where you've been a bit more direct on your more recent writing? Like uh, if we compare the lyrics from like Smoke into Fog off of 2019's Behold Sedition Plain Song, um, 
you have, which I believe we mentioned this line earlier, but uh, to the officers that didn't pull the trigger yet find the guilt uncomfortable, tear off and burden that uniform will become equally culpable. But in the more later Battle of Sudden Flame from the most recent release, you say, uh, fuck every copper that ever took a wage, every blue bastard with his baton raised, a beast that even his master hates, only a coward fights for the state. Uh, is this sort of trend towards more direct and uncompromising forms of expression something that you intended is, or is something that you kind of evolved towards, as you mentioned? Or is it just something that's kind of developed in your style, perhaps under the surface? Um. Just uh, okay. As a point of information about those two songs, if you take, if you quit the police, I fucking hate the police. Every single copper. If you take off that uniform and quit, you're not a copper anymore. So I have no problem with you. I, if, if, but if you wear that uniform, you represent that institution. I, I really think in 2023, if we're honest with ourselves, we can look at the police force, and I think if we were to do an empirical study of it. And look at the statistics. I think it would be very, very, very reasonable to say that the police is not a force for good in the world. I think the amount of harm they do in every possible sphere of life, I, I think it's, I really don't think it's a shocking or radical or very out there thing to say that the police make the world worse. I, I, yeah, so I, I, I think, I think that's true. And I, I think if you work for the police, even if you don't kill black people, even if you do believe victims of sexual abuse, even if you aren't the one stopping the boats coming aboard, like on, onto the fucking shore, even if you don't evict people, even if you don't assault homeless people, even if you don't just kill indiscriminately, like petty criminals, even if you don't jail people, break strikes, um, stop people trying to save the planet, even if you don't, even if you're not the one who tries to stop people liberating animals, even if you don't. Fucking, if you don't do any of those evils, you still work for the police force who does all those things. And that and they that that is that institution, those are that institution's sole objectives. Because they came from strike breakers in the UK under Robert Peel. And they also formed under the slave patrols in America, rounding up slaves. Like there, there has been no break between the past and the present. Like that people think there is, and there's that there hasn't. That's that they're the same institutions. And if you look at the things they actually do um, day to day and the way they actually treat people, where they prioritize spending of resources, um, if you look at the, the effort they can go in, they can go to crush a climate camp, or if you can look at the effort they can put into policing a protest or breaking a strike or defending their friends who kill black people versus the effort they put into trying to bring rapists to justice, it's so clear what their actual intentions are. And we are fucking lying to ourselves if we say there's anything different. Um, so I, I, I think that's like, I don't think that's a shocking thing to say. I, I, I would really, really, really stand by that. I, I don't think there's, I, I don't know. I don't think there's a contradiction between those two songs. If you take the uniform off and quit and apologize for what, what you've done, what you've been a part of, you can come back into the community and you can be a part of our community again. If you don't and you stay in that police force, no matter what you do, well, you can't you can't be part of a good and loving and holistic community, I don't think. So I, I do hate every single fucking copper, but if you quit, you're not a cop anymore. I wasn't trying to point out a contradiction, just more yeah. like yeah. the Sorry. bluntness I... of the, the level of um bluntness in the phrasing was more like okay, yeah. we were trying Sorry, we were yeah. trying to unpack your moral compass and look for a um a contradiction. <laughs> okay, we're just, like we're yeah, I... we're we're literally just linguists. We're just we're, we're focusing on the okay, I've answered, the, I've answered the, the wrong question here. 
Yeah. Okay. So like, like in, in, there's a difference in those two statements, um, not in terms of their, you know, their meaning or a clash in ideologies, but a clash in how direct the phrasing is and the direct the attack is, yeah. right? Um, so okay, wondering, so, like, have you have you felt yourself becoming more blunt in the way you're phrasing things or taking that kind of? Um, you mentioned, you know, putting things in your video to provoke. Have you have you felt yourself moving towards a more provocative stance in the way that you use language and approach your writing? Yes. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. I got side, got myself sidetracked there. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think um, that that first song was intentionally as blunt as I could make it. It was just it was a story. It's just a story about a kid being battered by the police, um, an innocent kid being battered by the police. I mean, it just felt appropriate to really call, to, to be really fucking honest about about what I think about the people that do do that. Um, actually, a kid who had special educational needs got battered by by the police, and I I couldn't think of a more fitting end to that song than to be so to be so blunt and so brutal uh, about about what I think about them. Still doesn't compare to the brutality they showed that child. But I, yeah, that 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 was my point was to end this. I tried to be a bit poetic in the way I wrote that song, and like a little bit like it's meant to be a folk song, um, just lyrically, even though it's a heavy metal song stylistically. Um, and it, it's meant to be t- telling the story of of a kid, a story that will be forgotten because it's, it wasn't really reported on. And I think that's the the job of folk music is to preserve radical histories and, and stories of working people. So that was the intention of that song. But I just felt. I quite enjoyed the sort of the stark change at the end, where all of a sudden it's, it's just incredibly direct. I quite I quite enjoyed that because it, we can people like me, fucking straight white cis dudes who have a job and live in a rich country, can I can stroke my chin and we can all like discuss the finer points of these politics all the time. But ultimately, like yeah, these these are real stories. Actually, these aren't just like things for me to write songs and poems about. They're, these are real things that are happening. So I try I, I do try and do those. I've tried to do that justice a little bit um, by really calling it what it was. And I also can't write the same song too many times. I can't, I can't just, I don't want to just write the same thing over and over and over. Trying to find new ways to convince people of these ideas as well and new ways to say these things that that might that might land with people and people might make people see things differently. Um, and yeah, I, I guess every album we're sort of more and more leaning into being this like very militant political band um and we're constantly finding where the line is of what we can say what we can get away with um um yeah i, I don't i don't i don't mean to be controversial for controversy's sake because if i if we did there'd be much fucking wilder things we could say and we could have gone a lot harder that was our intention um yeah, sometimes sometimes I think you just in life you also just have to be direct and, and blunt about things there's a, a time for poeticism and there's a time for whimsy and there's a time to be like fuck this this sucks I'm like um this is this is how it is so yeah i guess i'm always trying to find that balance um hmm. yeah i'm definitely not any less angry this year than i was when i wrote the previous <laughs> album so <laughs> well you mentioned earlier that you're um, often inspired by like um uh, the poetry that you've read um and that's like you know part of your writing process um but you, you know you've you've said that like um you know you don't always like engage with like poetic language like in your lyric writing like at least it's not really reflected in a direct way that we could obviously see um mm. and we we're wondering like how do like how do you see the influence of like those poetic works um kind of being represented in your lyric writing then if you do tend to engage in this very kind of straightforward and direct style of language uh, I guess I'm always trying to 
yeah, I don't know if I've ever got this entirely right. I'm always trying to find the line between trying to be, I don't know poetic is the right word, really, because I'm, I'm not a poet, but um, po yeah, poetic. I'm trying to be poetic enough to make it interesting. Um, and also, because it can't be too direct in blackmail, I think I think there has to be some imagination and some sort of visual metaphor and, and, and some of those themes have to be present. So I'm always tr trying to like tread the line between that, but and also say the things I actually think. Um, I While I read a lot, lot of poetry, I will never be as good a writer as those people uh, uh, that I mentioned before. Um, but I, I do think if you write, if you read things by incredibly smart, incredibly good writers, and then try and write something yourself, you might not do the, the world's, I might not do the most fantastic job ever, but I'm, I'm definitely improved by reading like very great poets, I, I think, um, even though I'm not writing anything as poetic as them. Um, I, I think we've got a couple of, um, I've used like the, the still point on our first record is um, a T.S. Eliot reference. Um, I've, there's been like a couple of Auden, W.H. Auden references, I think. Um, so I've tried to like sneak in a few of those here, here and there. Those little homages. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I'm, the songs are out aren't poem, poems. They are political songs, agitprop. Um, yeah. But I, I do think my writing is benefited by reading things that are incredibly poetic because I just hope a little bit of that rubs off on me. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the kind of uh, often, well, sometimes unintentional consequences of using like very erudite language, particularly in a genre like black metal, um, is that, um, you know, the lyrics are frequently kind of inaccessible to listeners and readers who aren't already familiar with the obscure and like archaic terminology that a lot of lyricists favour, particularly, you know, if they're not um, primary speakers of the language that the lyricist is writing in. Um, and so we were wondering, like, is accessibility a consideration for you at all when you write um, in this straightforward style? Or is it just more born from, like, you know, as you said, like wanting to uh, communicate ideas um, that are important to you in a direct way? Try to hop on this. Like, yeah. is, is, how do you balance poeticism with a message that you clearly want to convey to people? Oh, man, I fucking, if I could distill that formula, I would be laughing. That, that's something I'm t constantly trying to work out myself, honestly. I, I don't know. And I don't know if I always do the best job of it. Um, but I just like, yeah, like there's, there's hardcore bands and, and grindcore bands and whatever else that are, that are incredibly, um, incredibly direct in the things they say, um, uh, where there's absolutely no ambiguity at all. Um, but we're not we're not that genre. We can't, I feel like I can't be quite that direct. And there's already been, yeah, Alice Rotten and, and Napalm Death, and Crass and whoever else. There's already been those bands. Um, so I've got, I've got to try and find my own way of of talking about this. I also think we have a slightly different crowd to the to those bands. Like, um, this isn't music where everybody tries to grab the mic, or it's not. There's not really a party atmosphere at our shows. That maybe a little bit more pensive, like a little bit more somber. To try and write lyrics that are like uh, suiting of, of that style. Uh, but that's constantly a battle of trying to be like a little bit interesting, a little bit poetic, but never, I, don't, I really don't want to obscure the meaning too much because the point of this band is to, to agitate and, and to spread the ideas of anarchism and to push revolution. So I, yeah, I don't know. That's a balance I'm always trying to find all the time. Um, and I don't know if I've quite got it right yet, but yeah, I'm 
yeah, something I'm always trying to balance. Well, speaking of kind of uh, agitation, um, another interesting shift we observed in your language use across the records is that there's been a dramatic uptick in the amount of swearing that you do. So on the um, first album, there's not a single swear word across any of the lyrics we could find. Uh, on the second album, you have one fuck in the line, we fucked the land from until the forge goes cold. Uh, and yeah. then suddenly on your latest release, there are seven fucks, four of which appear in the first two songs, two instances of bastard or bastards, and one case of piss. Uh, could you explain <laughs> this shift? Uh, what what happened that, you know, like in this interview, you've you sworn a few times, you're clearly not someone who's against using it in their day-to-day -day life, but why yeah. did you go from none to you know, quite, quite not, not the most we've ever seen, but quite a, a frequency of, of uh, swearing. Um, um, I think I thought at the start that it wasn't very poetic and it wasn't very smart to say those things. And I thought maybe, I think maybe I was trying to be a bit lofty and like use like clever language. Maybe I thought that would make me sound a bit thick, I suppose. Um, <laughs> it's a, bit, a bit clumsy and heavy handed. But um, I'm really into um, the band Propagandy, punk band Propagandy. Mm. Um, and I, I think his lyrics are like the best song lyrics well, in political music ever written. I just fucking, I, 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 oh my God, I hero worship Chris Anna. And he swears quite a lot. And I, I, I noticed that and I thought he says like incredibly smart things in incredibly blunt ways. And I actually, I found that to be so much more effective because it was so unpretentious and so sincere and like and so real, but also so smart that it just is so much more impactful. Um, I really don't like the ideas of like politeness and civility. I think those are just things that created in sort of Victorian England to try and differentiate between the colonies, the colonizer and the colonized. I, I, I think that those sorts of politeness things I have no real interest in. I realize there's a, there's a time when there is a time to when it's not appropriate to be crude. And there's certain topics that aren't appropriate in certain situations, um, but for the for the most part, I, I, I know that, that that's how I speak normally. And I I think I think I'm a good person. I think I'm polite. I think I have good social skills, and that's reflected in my successes at work. Um, and I think I'm a nice person. And I also use some profane language. And I think if you <laughs> judge me as like an impolite or or unpleasant person, despite all my other behaviors, you judge me negatively just because of the use of a couple of words, then I think you have like a really childlike understanding of like of of, uh, of how to judge people and of social skills. Um, so I think it's like an irrelevance, like we're all adults, aren't we? Like we, we know what these yeah. words mean. And I, I also think that it's really impactful language, isn't it? Like fuck and shit. Like it's like, it's, it's like, it's really impactful, mm. blunt language which is really cathartic to say. And it's like, I, I just think societally, it also signifies a, um, oh, what's the word? Um, it, yeah, it says that. It says you're trying to be impactful and, shock, and shocking and direct. Um, and I, I think, yeah, I think we all understand that, that those mechanisms. And um, I also think some of the things we're singing about are, are fucked up. No, we're mm -hmm. singing about some really awful things which is deserving of like some quite heavy-handed language sometimes um i also i think there's an intent a, a part partly there's also an intention to be a little bit poetic and a little bit whimsical and talk about love and beautiful things and also talk in very blunt and slightly crude ways sometimes because i yeah i'm not trying to 
be saccharine uh, or like I'm not trying to buy into some sort of politeness or civility. I'm not looking for the approval of people who don't like that language. I, 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 um, I've no interest in civility politics, I guess. Hmm. Um, yeah. Do you feel like the most recent album then, the way that the lyrics are written more, most closely out of all your albums reflects the way that you would use language in like a, just when talking to somebody? I think so, yeah. Um, I At the start, I was very self-conscious because we were really trying to be like a, this real, true black metal band. And and we felt we had a lot, we had to have to make a name for ourselves. And first three records, two albums and an EP, like a, a quite straightforward, like fairly middle of the road black metal um especially the first i think the first two records i tried to be a bit more black metal in my, my language mm. but this, this album especially just like I, I just don't really care about that anymore like people either know what dawn raid is um or they and they and it you either know what dawn raid is and you're okay with it or you know what dawn raid is and you hate it um i i don't really care i don't i'm no interest in being a true black metal band i'm no interest in being seen as a valid version of any particular genre um all I can do is write music as 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 myself to my best ability about the things I know. If you don't like that, well, I'm, I'm kind of fine with it, I think. Um, maybe that's just come with age as I've got a bit older that I feel less of a need to impress people. And I, I think actually maybe just being more real and being more sincere probably comes across a bit better than trying to be a bit affected, I guess. Well, yeah, we're kind of um, building from there. Um, we did notice some other kind of interesting um, patterns in your use of perspective um, uh, across songs of your um, album. So in general, it seems that you have a preference for the first person plural form. Um, so we over the singular I, um, as you have uh, between 13 and 19, uh, sorry, uh, yeah, 13 to 19 instances of um, I, me and my across uh, the three albums, uh, but between 27 and 39 instances uh, of we, our, and us, uh, so with a large number of we forms appearing on your latest release. Um, is this also like a pattern that you're like aware of? And is there like a reason for which you tend towards uh, the, the, plural, the plural perspective over the singular? Man, these are great questions. Oh my God. I, <laughs> Thank you. I, I, you have a better understanding of this than I do, fucking hell. Um, yeah, that's really mega intentional. I try and use I and me and my. Um, I mean, you might um, be able to statistically prove this to be false, but I try and use I uh, and me and my when I'm criticizing something that I do, I think. Um, um, and I try and use we. I don't know how effectively I do this, but I do try and use we for things that are, are, are good and, and like because I, mm. I really don't want to be um, this preachy band that has all the all the answers and um, you should do this and you should do this and you should think these things and this is how you could be better because I'm a long, 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 long way of perfect as anyone else is. I, I have tried to read about these some of these ideas and I I do my best with activism and, and stuff to to try and actualize the things I talk about and and make good on the things I talk about. I don't get that right all the time. I get it wrong a lot. I'm still learning all the time. Like my politics have developed it, just within the duration of this band. Um, I, I to, the, to my best, the best of my ability, I try and talk about things which I, I do think are true and are right. Um, but I only got into anarcho-nihilism in the last couple of years. And then that's what the, this record has been about. And I've not sung about that in the past. So I, I'm always learning and always trying to find like the right, the right way to approach these struggles. 
but I really don't want to be like preachy in any way. Like I, I have all the answers and you should, you should do this and you should believe these things. Um, and I think our greatest power is working together. It's, I think, and anarchism really teaches that. I think that we don't follow celebrities or figureheads or leaders that are, our, our strength is in our collective power. Um, so I do try and reflect that lyrically as well. I'm, I really don't want to make out because I, I think if you if, don't, if you don't know much about these politics and this is, and these things are new to you and you're being introduced to it and then there's some fucking lofty prick who doesn't swear and tells you about all these fantastic books that you've never read, never heard of, and maybe find a little bit intimidating. I think it's just it's just going to put you off. I, I think it could be actually yeah a bit exclusory and, and quite intimidating. But I, I really try and come across as look look I'm 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 trying to work this out myself as well and I. I, I do think if we if we do this together, we can make this better. I, I can't affect this on my own. I'm not a superhero. I don't want to lead anything. I don't want to be a leader of a party or fucking a, a movement. I, I'm just one small person in this world who's also looking for other people to work with and and to, to make this better. So, yeah, I really consciously would never want to lionize myself in any way or I don't think I have any more answers than anybody else Um our power is in our collective is in our communities and it's in working together. So yeah, that's, that'd be why I do that. What about the uses of the second person perspective? Then you have um, 41 uses of you and you're on your first album, 26 on the second album, 20 on the third album. Um, and many of these appear to be directed at a particular person or group of people that's contrasted with the IRE. So for instance, uh, Inferno state, the lyrics of the song Inferno state, I think your gods have abandoned us implying that the gods are not like mine, ours. Requital threatens, mm. if I am going to burn, then you are going to burn. And Freedom and Retrograde has lines, you might imprison some of us, uh, but you'll never take all of us. Do you have a particular you in mind when you write lyrics like this? Or is it just like a generic uh, antagonist figure that you're referencing? I guess, it, yeah, it's like general antagonist. It's the, it's the ruling class, isn't it? It's, it's, it's the state. Um, yeah, and I'm try, trying to, I guess I'm trying to create that division between us and them. Um um that we we are not one unified society that all votes for representatives that then go and work in our best interest and we can fix everything together there is a ruling class and there is a working class and we are the working class and they are the ruling class um uh, because i i i do to the best of my knowledge that is how the world works um uh yeah so the you is maybe i'm sure there's instances where i've managed to fuck up my own rule here but um yeah the you is usually yeah it's, it's the working class it's the state it's, it's the power that keeps us subjugated. I've asked this question to a few artists that have, have mentioned a similar perspective to you that use you, you for like an antagonist. But when you're performing live and you're looking at your audience and you say, you know, you are the problem. Uh, this is, you know, when you're singing that, is there any disconnect? Have you ever like like said the line and looked in some poor fan's face that's like, yeah, and then like, oh, like is, does it Support get sixteen year old kid? Like in the moment, yeah. does it ever? Is there ever like a weird? Like, oops! I just called some like you know fourteen year old fan um, <laughs> the the source of all evil on the planet. Uh, do what? This is something I have thought about. Yeah, definitely because it is, <laughs> could all get a bit mixed. The messages, I suppose, you, I, and we, and like, oh my god, who the fuck is he talking about now? Um, and I, I I do a lot of like pointing in my performance, my live performance. Um, one of my one of my moves. Um, so I and I'm quite careful with that. So if if someone sings along. If someone's like, if someone knows the lyrics, then I'll I usually sort of like I'll, I'll point them out and do a little fist in the air. So like I I I, I do point at the crowd, but I, I'm in those moments 
usually if I'm um, in, in those, those moments where I'm, I'm shouting at an, an antagonist, I try, I, I just, I try and point to my right. It's like, as if it's outside, it's outside the building, it's outside the venue, it's out there, it's in the world out there. Um, so I'm quite careful in my, my movements there, yeah. <laughs> but I, I'm sure I definitely lock eyes with like some fucking unassuming <laughs> drunk metal nerd who's wandered in. It's like, whoa, I'm not, what, what have I done? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I do try to be conscious of that. Okay, so like, it has entered your head, that idea. Yeah, fuck yeah. And also, yeah, because there is a mixed message here on my, who we is, who's he talking about now? Oh my God. Mm. Um, <laughs> okay. I, yeah, I, uh, I have to have time, because you can't hear the lyrics. You know, I, think, I think you can hear the lyrics in our music. I think I have quite good diction. But um, also, it's not super clear. So I'm also trying to perform the lyrics a bit as well. It, it's theater, isn't it? Um, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to emphasize my point a bit physically and like they out there and us in here um yeah so yeah try and make it that bit more clear i suppose Mm. um well yeah talking more on patterns um as many of the lyrics that we quoted earlier in the interview suggested uh, there's quite a lot of rhyming in your lyrics um so we wanted to ask you about you know your views on rhyming and what they like what that adds to the lyrics like does it provide something that would be lost if you like didn't use rhyme at all um okay i I will just uh, the the a little disclaimer here like i not that good a writer so i do my best i have an idea of what i want of how i want my lyrics to be and what i think a good balance is but if i whether or not i actually achieve that is another matter so i i I don't want everything i do to be seen as um it's only so well thought out do you know what i mean um Mm. but i on the whole, I I do try and mix um, some sort of more sort of prose and then things that are, is more like rhyming couplets or whatever. Um, I think the, the rhyming stuff works really well in songs. I think um, uh, because it's got it's got a rhythm to it and it's like it's catchier um, and, and that's a good song technique. But I I'm also trying I'm also trying to write things that have a little bit of depth and a little bit of seriousness and a poeticism to it so I, I don't want it all to be rhyming because there's I think I I would lose some of them I'd lose some of the profundity and some of the meaning if, if everything was just fucking these cheap rhyming couplets all the time I think Battle of Sudden Flame is probably a good example of that where it's I, I don't think it rhymes at all until the end or not much um because initially I'm just trying to tell the story of this kid who was battered by the police and I'm trying to tell it in a a way that does that story justice. Now, once the story is told, uh, at the end is my simple understanding of the situation, which is fuck every copper that ever took a wage. Uh, And that bit rhymes, it's quite tight in its rhyming there. Um, And that's the bit at the end that's like, that's the end of the song, it's musical, it's the head banging, pump your fist in the air, like it's sort of the, it's like the payoff at the end, it's the musical payoff at the end. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I try try and have a mix of things that are like, as well written as I as I can do anyway, like well written and um, that where the meaning is the is the most important, and that and that is the focus. But then mix in elements of musicality and try and make it a bit catchy as well. So I do try and marry those two things up. Um, I don't know how effectively, but yeah, that's what I try and do. So. As we move to kind of the, the end of this interview, we want to talk about something that is uh, absent in the performance of the the lyrics that you do. 
uh, because there are two features of the written version of your lyrics that were kind of interesting to us. Uh, one is that you use a lot of punctuation. Um, mm. Question marks, I suppose, are kind of expected because you ask questions in your songs, uh, often rhetorical, but you add exclamation points as well, uh, as in, we must bury all those who divide us under the ash of every national flag, exclamation mark, off your first album, or fuck every prison, exclamation mark, and fuck the bastards that put us in them, exclamation mark, off the most recent. Um, and you have them in song titles as well, to all, to all, to all, with exclamation points after each all. Uh, there's even occasional colons that you've entered into the lyrics. Um, do you view the written version of your lyrics as a standalone document that is independent of the spoken in some way? Like, like is it part of the art that exists outside of music is supposed to be audible, right? Like, does your art yeah. include the non-audible? And also, given that everything is screamed, how do you decide when to add uh, an exclamation point? Uh, yeah, I, okay. Uh, yes, I do see the lyrics as something separate I want people to read because I, th I think I think you can hear what I'm saying. I think I I'm, my pronunciation for blackmail is fairly clear, but mm. ultimately is screaming, isn't it? Like it's fucking stupid. So like you like <laughs> you're not you're not going to hear every word. It's not like it's a a bad way to deliver lyrics. Um, so yeah, the 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 written lyrics are meant to be read separately. I also write them separate to the songs. So F Fabian, our guitarist, writes the songs. And the song structures and i will write all my i'll try and write 10 songs independently of him um sort of at, it's sort of in poet I, I don't want to call them poems because i'm not that good a writer but kind of as poems just like there's a standalone things um so yeah I, I i write them separately which is probably where a lot a lot of that comes from um but yeah th there's a certain way I, I want people to read them um Maybe it's this subconscious thing of trying to be a bit lofty. I don't know. I hope not. But yeah, there's a certain way I want people to read them. The to all, to all, to all thing was, um, is that title comes from the first line of the last communication from the Kronstadt Rebellion in Russia uh, in the early 1920s, just before they were all massacred by the Russian government. So and they, they knew they were they besieged in the town of Kronstadt and they knew that they're um, Trotsky and Leninist was, was about to come and wipe them all out because they refused to, to back down on their revolutionary ideals. So they sent out one last communique, the town Petrograd nearby, and it was is is headed to all, to all, to all. And I fucking love that. Like I, I just think it's so beautiful. Like mm. a to all, to all, everybody. Like we are all together in this. Please, like we have to do this. And then they were just all killed. And I, I think it's like, oh my god, I. That's my that's my favorite like thing ever to what that to all to all, to all thing. So that, that's what that was. I'm I'm pretty sure the exclamation marks were already in it. Mm -hmm. Um anyway, yeah, I yeah, I want people to read them separately, I guess. Um what was it was the other part of the question? Oh, uh, I guess when do you how do you decide where to put an exclamation point given that I mean you could be ex I guess arguably given the things that you're saying and, and the energy behind them, yeah. every everything could have an exclamation point after it. That's true. Yeah, I guess I've got to try and create some sort of dynamics in it. Um, I think that the, the fuck every prison and fuck the bastards that, that put us in them. Um, that bit, there's a, there's a pause after fuck every prison, which is in the song, which is kind of intentional, um, like a musical pause. I don't I don't sing for um, a couple of bars, and because I just, I just wanted that to sink in. Like, so we have this quite sort of like that's the sort of lyrically sort of softer song on the record. It's a, a lot about about love and like and, um, a bit more whimsical but I like 
I, I never want to separate the two, the two ideas too much because they're, they're absolutely like inextricable. They're like they they're absolutely linked. Um, so while this that song is 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 about love, it's not like there's the good anarchism about love and the bad anarchism about fighting. They're all they're all the same thing. So that I guess that exclamation mark puts the I I, I guess my intention was that that puts the pause in um, that you hear in the song. Um, again, I'm. I'm probably not the best writer. I'm sure my grammar is probably a bit of a mess, um, but it's just my best attempt at that, I suppose. Well, the second kind of writing focus question we had then is, and this, like, if the answer to this is just because you're located in the UK, fine, that's it. But we just want to ask on, on the on the possibility. Uh, so there are cases of British English features in your lyrics. Uh, we mentioned copper earlier for cop. Uh, you have uh, jailers spelled G-A-O-L-E-R-S. And you yeah. write words like realization with an S. So again, yeah. if that's just because that's how you write, cool, we just wanted to check. But we have we have talked to bands in Australia that avoid features of Australian English. Uh, we've talked to bands in Asia that don't use the local languages at all. Um, and I'd say that broadly speaking, um, there does seem to be a trend towards like using American standards for international metal language. Like if you looked up a random European metal band's lyrics, I'm guessing the spellings would probably more fit uh, the US ones. And of course, again, possibly just a consequence of that's what the labels are, that's what the people publishing yeah. the lyrics are. Um, but is the maintenance of UK spellings and even inclusion of uh, British terminology intentional in a way that goes beyond just you are in the uk uh yeah there is a bit um i i think there's a bit of i probably have some semi-subconsciously have a bit of a pushback against the americanization of english because um this is who i am this is where i live this is how i talk i'm not i'm not like i'm not in like a, a nationalist sort of like wrapped in a flag sort of way about it but this is yeah this, this is who i am this is this is my voice and how i talk and i I'm not American. This band's from the UK, and um, and I love this country. I fucking hate the state, but I love this. I love the land. I love this country. I love the the folk traditions of it, of this country. So things like copper, um, I I was infuriated during the the Black Lives Matter uprising in America. I saw someone say that white people saying a cab was cultural appropriation because a c a b had come from hip hop. Um, while it's incredibly common in hip hop. All coppers, are, all coppers are bastards came from Yorkshire, where I'm from, in England, during the minor strikes, um, because it was people would get it tattooed on the hands, on the knuckles, the four dots on your knuckles, or, or ACAB on your knuckles. And the um, the excuse was when you're in prison, if you pulled on it, it was always carry a Bible. That, 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 that's what people would say it was. But um, so yeah, that, that, I, I just I was quite cross about that because that's like this weird Americanization of um, of language, which I'm sure there's some sort of like colonial understanding of that as well um mm. not i know england's colonial past is about, about <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not going to defend england on that but but that but these are constant changes aren't they and um and i'm i'm proud of that i'm proud to be from yorkshire um i'm proud to be from my family's involved in the like gen generation before me were involved in those minor communities um and those those strikes were like a, a something I was told about as a kid, you know, the minor strikes. So all, and it, that's the original, the original, that's the original phrase, all coppers are bastards. Um, so yeah, I, I, I just don't want that to be lost because I also think if you lose that connection, um, we lose a lot there. If you, if you lose, 
if you fail to see the connection between the striking miners in Yorkshire and the uprising in America, we can't win because we're, we're all on the same side. And the people that break the strikes, that broke the strikes and battered people in, in Yorkshire, that's the same evil that kills black people in America um, with the same intention, which is the absolute crushing of the working class. And they have to they have to scapegoat and they, they have to scapegoat somebody and they have to crush the workers. Um, and if if we if we lose that, then and we are so divided that we don't we don't see that we're all fighting on the same side, then a lot is lost. So that, that was the intention of the coppers bit. Um again, yeah, the jail thing, like um I really maybe someone could psychoanalyze this and call me out on it, but I, I really don't think it was any sort of like nationalist thing because I, I'm not proud to be English or from the UK, but I'm I'm proud to be from Yorkshire, um, which is you know, a part of the UK. Um, so my, my, yeah, that's where my, my family's from and where a lot of my like um, colloquial language comes from. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm proud of that. And I think, I, I think it's okay to love the land and it's okay to love the people that live on it and it's okay to love the folk traditions that come from that. Um, if, you, if you hate the state and you hate the, the power that subjugates you. So I, I think that's really important. I, yeah, I don't, really, I don't really like the Americanization of everything all the time because, um, um, yeah, I think like I think like diversity and um, all these little colloquialisms are like are interesting, aren't they? I, I think. Mm. Uh, yeah, I quite like. You have to put a note when you send the lyrics, like don't. I'm honestly not that asked. I don't. If they. If prosthetic spell checks everything as our label and put Zs in everything, fuck it out. Yeah, I don't care. But there's, there's certain words every now and again, like the, the coppers thing was like, yeah, was really like I wanted that to be a reminder of where where that's come from. Not to claim ownership of it, but to say like, yeah, we're we're all on the same side here, and mm. and this is a struggle that is as old as the police are. You know, like the 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 problems that the US is having with the police is not a new problem. Um, and it's a problem that we we all face everywhere, and we should we should remember that. Um, this is a really old struggle that lots of different people are fighting, and we should fight together. Well, this leads really nicely to our kind of closing question, um, which is just speaking really broadly, what would you say is the role of lyrics in Dawn Ray's music Absolutely. and in a genre like extreme metal and a kind of broad scale? Uh, I think they're quite different. I think. Um, the lyrics in Dawn Raid are to agitate, it's agitprop, like um, I want to teach people about radical traditions. I want to teach people about, teach is the wrong word. I, I, I'm not a teacher. I, I want to just um, signal boost, I guess, these, these, these struggles and these ideas. Um, my, life was, my life was changed by music. I, I picked up um, a pamphlet called Fighting for Our Lives by publishers Crime Think. In America, which is like an American anarchist um, collective, I picked up a zine at a hardcore show. I was just looking at this info info store. This one of the bands had brought with them, and uh, and the dude behind the counter was like, "You should read this," you know, and uh, and it just said in it, um, "If you believe X, Y, and Z, if you believe in freedom for all people and living the life the way you want to without infringing upon the rights of others, the basic tenets of anarchism. If you believe these things already, you're already an anarchist." And I. That was one of the most profound moments of my life. And I remember it so clearly, just sitting and reading this like photocopied zine and be like, fuck that. Yeah, that's what I think. Like, that's who I am. And all of a sudden there was a whole world just opened up to me. 
Um, and that's, that's transformative and has hugely Im- impacted my life in such a beautiful and positive way. Um, and I, anarchism is yeah, just something that's just incredibly important to me um, and it's had such a profound and romantic like impact upon me. Um, and I really, I would love to have the opportunity to be able to pass that on to like to somebody else as well. Um, you, I don't know if I had that impact or not, but I, I do try to. Um, I would love it if somebody else who was looking for the same things I was looking for when I was young found those answers maybe in from me and I could I could just pass that along. So lyrically, that, that, that that's what we're trying to do. I think in extreme metal, and we've covered loads of topics already, haven't we? We've talked about the mm-hmm. bands, we've talked about the right-wing bands, we've talked about the bands that sing about Lord of the Rings. Um, I guess it, it can be anything you want. And that, that's like, that's the beauty of it, isn't it? And that's that's why we need so many so many bands not just the big four of thrash and like just the second wave of black metal we need like it's awesome that this music is just still so widely produced because you just get so many opinions and so many takes on the world and so many um different understandings of the world i think with the internet this scene has become much more global as well um that's awesome i think like to be able to hear the experiences of people all around the world be that like fantasy and dragons and silliness or stuff that's political or stuff that's about love um like the i i always think the genre constraints this genre title shouldn't be a constraint it should just be a loose way of describing a sound of music it shouldn't be a set of rules that you have to follow and you should your lyrics should just be is your chance to say what you want to say about the world and to create an aesthetic that you want to create and the more varied that is surely the better i think well, awesome. Thank you very much for, for taking the time to explain all this to us. Uh, we think so. The, the album, I believe, is going to be released a bit before this interview is out. But um, is there any kind of touring coming up that people can look forward to? or And where should people go to check out uh, your music and the new album? Uh, by the time you hear this, you will have missed our UK tour. Uh, <laughs> okay. By the end of this month. Uh, and then, but then we've got like, we've got loads of shit coming up. We've got. Um, We've got some festivals this summer in the UK um, and a couple in Europe. We're doing a full European tour in October. Um, we're hoping to come to East Asia and possibly Australia mm. and also America again next year. So yeah, we're, we're, I guess we're going to just be touring as wi- widely and as much as we are as we are able. We're on all the social media platforms. Uh, I, I think everything about us is pretty easy to find. Tour dates. <laughs> Yada yada yada. If you search for Dawn Raid, um, I can scroll through lots and lots of abuse on YouTube. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, we're easy to find. We're going to try and be everywhere. I hope people like this next record. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> this is no, really this, insightful this... and interesting discussion. Yeah. No, honestly, I've loved this. It's some really interesting. Sorry for shouting at you every now and again. Oh, no, it's okay. That's fine. Yeah. I can go off on it sometimes. Yeah. Some really, really interesting questions. And it really, things that really made me question myself as well. Fucking hell. Yeah. (laughs) Well, sleep well, I guess. Uh, Yeah. yeah, Have have a nice night. Cool. Um, Thanks, man. Yeah. yeah, I really enjoyed this. Thank you. All right. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Lingua Rutalica. We hope you enjoyed it and we hope you stay tuned for our next episode. Before we leave, we just wanted to acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on the unceded lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay respects to their elders, past and present.